Zach. This is Freedonomics, but we're not in Chattanooga. No, this didn't. I, I thought it didn't. I thought it looked unfamiliar. It's a little bit unfamiliar. This is Freightonomics. We're in Northwest Arkansas. This is the future of supply chain. I'm Anthony Smith, chief economist here at Freightways, joined by Zach Strickland, the Sultan, the director of freight market intelligence, the man with many talents, the man that can just do it all here in Northwest Arkansas with tons of energy going into day two <laughs> after getting here on Saturday and just running around. Dude, you're my hype guy. <laughs> like, I was really dragging. And then all of a sudden, you just gave me all that energy. So, uh, a- Anthony, like, so we've, we've had a lot going on. Now, we're following Craig Fuller. <laughs> it's messed up. It's messed up. I we're mean, following Craig Fuller. And Craig Fuller's rant on LinkedIn and just pumping me up about America and the American, and really the American economy. And yeah. we, I want to I touch on that a little bit later. Uh, but first up, I, you know, we definitely have to cover some of the things that we've seen here at the convention. Uh, you know, we did have a guest, but, you know, people, people trying to leave. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I bet they would have showed up for, you know, uh, for Blythe or, yeah. or Dooner. But it's fine. It's okay. It's, it's okay. Fine. I'm not, not taking it personal. We're okay. okay. We're okay. We're, we're big. We're big. Uh, but yeah. So some of the things that we've seen, uh, especially here, I mean, the last one that I just saw was incredible, and I want to I want to cover that with Craig. But the uh, the NTI, yeah, the National Trucking Index, something that we just released, uh, and it's and it's our it's our own little personal index, Anthony. It's our own personal index, and so you know how these these indexes work. These yeah. are these high level aggregated indexes, and this index specifically covers the trucking spot market. That's why we're calling it the National Trucking Index. Um, And it's going to be representative of trucking movements. I mean, any financial uh, analyst, uh, investor knows this is what stocks trade on. Yeah. Is that spot market activity. And the NTI is derived from our track, Trusted Rate Assessment Consortium. (laughs) Uh, So our spot rate uh, measurement tool that we have. And we built it out of that and it's based on bookings. So this is like this is like this is, we're really turning this into the spot the stock market uh, yeah. for freight. And I and I think that for me as a finance major <laughs> is one of the most exciting things about it is because now you have a way to kind of game the market. Yeah. You, you can see you have a benchmark, uh, you know, a baseline uh, to see compare your lane to. You've got some lanes that are going to move contrary to the market, some lanes that are going to move with it. And you got all your betas and, you know, I'm geeking out already. Yeah, yeah. And Zach, <laughs> the thing I love about it is that instant data or near real-time data. So, mm-hmm. like, of course, with the OTRI, VO, TVI, things like that, near real-time. Mm-hmm. So, I'm an economist. I look at economic data sets. I love them. Things like the Federal Reserve, you know, industrial production, housing starts from the U.S. Census Bureau, all that great stuff. It's awesome. But it's monthly and it's delayed. If I want to know what's happening, I need to know now. And so being able to look at those trends near real time, it's a game changer for me. Yeah, yeah. And and the fact that it is so, it's every day. Yeah. (laughs) So we also released uh, two other indexes with it. So, you know, we have the seven-day moving average, which is the easiest to look at. Uh, But we also did a little math and we're able to come up with a way to kind of derive the impact of fuel. Because most spot market rates, to be Mm -hmm. honest, they're they're all in. Yeah. Brokers don't care. Yeah. <laughs> they, don't, they don't care if it's fuel or not fuel or whatever. They just want the rate to the, to the truck. Yeah. <laughs> and they want to know what they're going to have to mark it up. That's mm-hmm. their cost. Fuel, accessorials, whatever. Just give me the all-in rate. And that's the way that uh, a lot of the contributions are made. So we've come up with a way to kind of pull that fuel out, uh, you know, based on a, a little bit of estimation and guesstimation. But it's uh, based on, 
utilization <laughs> as the uh, the crowd goes wild. It's getting active out <laughs> yeah, there. I mean, you know, there's still energy here. There's still a lot of energy. Of energy. I think someone just like jumped off the top of a booth. <laughs> yeah. They just did like a suplex. I don't yeah. know. It's like WrestleMania back there, right. but I love it. But yeah, right. NTI. NTI. So the fuel, we've, we've come up with a way to pull the fuel out of there. And it shows. What's interesting is that it's showing the impact of spot rates less fuel. Yeah. Now, it may not be, you know, totally the case in terms of uh, the fuel being super precise, but spot rates are actually falling much more dramatically if you take out that fuel, which I, I think a lot of people would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, duh. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. It, it, to see it and, and, you know, in its form on the chart and see kind of like, we thought it was bad with fuel in it. Yeah. You take out the fuel and we call it the line haul, uh, N-T-I-L or N-T-I-L-D for daily to uh, just drop like a rock. Yes. What does that tell you? What does that tell you as an, like an economist? Because I know we, are, we always talk about fuel being a part of inflation. Yeah. And obviously everybody here spends money on gas and then indirectly... There's fuel costs and food and just about everything. I mean, freight in general, lots of fuel in it. So that has a compounding impact to the consumer's ability to spend money. So what are your thoughts here? When you look at this without fuel, does that change the way that you kind of view uh, freight and and what's happening in the freight market right now? Well, it kind of tells the story of even more easing or even more weakness than what was kind of initially expected. It was almost more impressive for me when I saw that it was moving downwards with the fuel because we know that there was that inflation there. So I think you said, yeah, it's expected, but it just drives it home that much more. Yeah, I I think it's it's a little eye-opening. So uh, we'll obviously be back in the studio at some point. So we'll we'll throw that bad boy up and and break him down uh, a little bit more detail. But we do have all these other uh, variations of it. So you can get lots of wide looks uh, into what's going on. The daily, the NTI daily. Now that that takes out the, that's not the seven-day moving average, but it tells you literally. So anybody that's quoted freight knows your rates change every day. Yeah. (laughs) They change and there's more volatility on Fridays, especially after 3 p.m. We haven't got that far, but you can see the impact of weekends, getting later in the week, that bouncing uh, impact. And of course, some weeks mean more than others. We got Memorial Day coming up. Right. The market's in a decline, but it's kind of a questionality. Now, what, what are we going to see seasonally speaking? That's and right. I, I think this is going to be a fascinating index to have available. I think I, I and the thing is, I, I'm excited about because it is still new. I'm excited about excited about jumping into it and running all the comps and seeing, okay, where can I apply this to? Where can I get those really kind of those lead times? Because I said earlier, I love these economic data sets. Some even yeah. are the most watched economic set GDP is released quarterly. So if I can have something that's daily that I can really kind of get into and really start to look for trends, it's like a dream come true. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. So NTI, of course, National Trucking Index, uh, you know, designed for the people that may not be familiar with freight either. Yeah. They're, they're outside the space. That's why we called it NTI. It's kind of like, think of it like the WTI, Dow Jones Industrial right. Index for the trucking market. Super excited about that. Now, we had another one. We did. And before we get into it, I got to thank some people, Zach. Thank them. Thank you. So our Freight Waves TV stage is brought to you by TransCard and MassCard bringing together Freight X. We appreciate y'all. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we have a second release here. Yeah. Uh, the SCA, Sonar Container Atlas. Now, this guy's in beta, uh, which means it's going to just be continuously improved and we don't have to necessarily go through the standardized process. Mm-hmm. It's just going to make it faster for us to make this thing bigger and better faster. Right. Uh, that's all beta really means. Uh, so we don't have to be held accountable to being like, you changed something. <laughs> 
And it's like, yeah, we changed it because we wanted it to grow and get better. Um, and, and it's because it's so new. There, there's literally nothing like it uh, that I've seen for sure. And Henry Byers, of course, assures me that that's accurate. Yeah. Henry Byers, of course, our market expert, uh, maritime market expert, largely responsible for building this thing, yeah. like almost entirely. I mean, the data science team, obviously, and engineering uh, definitely helped. And then uh, John Paul Hampstead, of course, also assisted with this. Uh, but it's, it's like a, it's a, it's a tool embedded in sonar. Yeah. Uh, and it's specifically there to measure the underlying trends, demand side and supply side for ships, container ships moving to and from the United States. Yeah. So Zach, when I look at this, mm -hmm. this is going to be one of those things that I, so when I want to look further and further and further upstream, this is going to be one of those areas that I need to look at first mm -hmm. because maritime, we, I sometimes think it gets ignored or kind of put on the back burner. But really, if you want to see what's about to hit into the, the U.S., what's about to hit the roads, it has to come into the country first. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me personally, like I didn't know anything about maritime when I, before I came to Freightways. I, I mean, I literally knew nothing. I, I was like, oh, I know there's boats. Yeah. I've seen the gantry cranes and all that kind of stuff. It's really cool. Super big. You know, I go to the beach and you see the container ships. Yeah. That's where it ended. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw Maersk and, and all the container names, and I didn't really recognize what that meant for my job. And I didn't, I didn't know that I needed to care, to be yeah. honest. Like, and honestly, like, and the, uh, a lot of the people that I talk to within my company and other companies, they don't, they don't care because they don't know. Yeah. They don't know what they don't know. Right. And this tool kind of brings it forward. Uh, yeah. So, like you said, all the stuff we buy, everything we ran out to go get during the pandemic was... Uh, mostly shipped from China. <laughs> Let's just yeah. call it what it is. And, yeah. and Craig's China rant just a minute ago, uh, very, very, very true uh, situation over there. So the, the geopolitical stuff aside, uh, that is where a lot of the stuff we order come from. And it's kind of like, duh, it comes, that's how we get a lot of our truckload freight. Right. That's how we, that's what we ship is the stuff that we ship comes on a ship. <laughs> <laughs> I just came up with that. I feel really clever. I, I need that. I need a t-shirt on that. Yeah. Like it's just a t-shirt that says the stuff we ship comes on a ship. Yeah. The stuff we ship comes on a ship. <laughs> we could totally put that in a banner. Somewhere. But the, the idea that the volumes that, and, and there's also another little impact here that or something that you can take away from this data that's outside of that direct impact. Of course, they're going to order freight and it's eventually going to transload into truckload, rail, uh, warehouses and things like that in the United States. Shippers tend to act like the purchasing managers mm -hmm. and transportation supply chain managers tend to act in almost a synchronous chorus down the supply chain. So they order the freight over the ocean yeah. in China. That's 14-day lead time right. before it gets on the boat minimum, just about minimum. Uh, so the order cycle, very long. Well, while they're doing that, they're also moving inventory domestically. Yeah. And so we found a connection between when they're ordering trucks and when they're ordering upstream. Uh, but just recently, just in the last month, few months, Zach Rogers and you and I talked about this. Yeah. All these boats and the containers showed up almost overnight. Right. And they were like, wait a minute, we got too much stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the wrong stuff. Yeah. Because that was one of the things we were talking about with Zach Rogers was that, yeah, inventories are building up, but it's the wrong inventory. It's yeah. late. It, this was, should have been here. Great. It's here. It should have been here three months ago, you right. know? And so, that's going to be an issue, especially upstream. Yeah, the upstream. And that's where everything's kind of bottlenecking right now is upstream in the supply chains. And so this tool gives you almost like the, it's almost like the earliest view of freight 
Like it's like the, if you were to see, watch a seed grow yeah. from underneath the soil, this is exactly how you would be able to see it happen. Because a lot of people are just really comfortable. Like I'm going to look at rates, man. That's what matters. And right. that's what, that's what I spend money on. Everybody understands money. I understand money because I love it and I want more of it. But <laughs> the, the idea that you know, that's the only way to measure something. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's insufficient because re- money brings emotion. Yeah. That, I'm emotional about it. So, <laughs> you know, if you were talking to, if we were listening to Billy Bean uh, earlier, uh, he, he didn't watch the baseball games. That was, imp- that was one of the impressive and I'm, things I, wanna, I heard. I want to cover some Billy Bean here Please. a little bit. But I, I think that's, that's kind of my takeaway from rates. Now, I know we just talked about our rate release, NTI, because there's money in it. But, you want to measure the emotion too, but you want to start underneath the emotion. You yeah. want to see what's going to drive that emotion. And this data inside of uh, SCA, as I'm going to call it, because Container Atlas makes me, uh, my, my tongue starts going. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but this is going to help you see when those shippers place those orders in China and other areas of the world. Uh, I think that's also something that we're going to watch with this product is right. where some of this origination starts to change. Because of all the geopolitical uh, situation over there, especially right. in China. Now, I want to get your take on this one. Yeah. Personally, I don't think that we're going to be able to disconnect from China very quickly at all. Mm-hmm. Their scaling ability is just beyond almost our imagination. They have been building this situation up for decades. Yeah. They also have a population. <laughs> they also have the resources to do these things. So when we talk about nearshoring, reshoring, moving these changes or moving these, these production areas, that's not going to be simple. What do you think? Yeah, it's not going to be simple. It can't happen overnight and, and it can't even happen over a course of a year. Right. I mean, when we're looking at this, yeah, as you said, they built out an entire infrastructure. They've built out cities really to kind of help with that manufacturing. They even have ghost cities. They have <laughs> built out so much in China. So that's what they do. We look at Southeast Asia as an alternative, but it, it pales in comparison when you look at what they have there. Yeah, so everybody's I'm, like, let's just shift everything to Vietnam. Yeah. I remember this last year. We were talking about it. It's like, let's just move everything to Vietnam. It'll be fine. No, can't happen Viet- overnight. Have you seen Vietnam on a map? <laughs> not, not as big. Not it's as big. Not, it's, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think when we shift, the, the positive thing was when, with the conversation of nearshoring and onshoring, things like that, there's going to be a technology aspect to it. So that's when I'm always talking about. I feel like that, uh, that science meme that's like aliens, I'm like, technology. And so when we're aliens. looking at it. Wanted, if I had the hair to do it, I'd do it. Who are you telling, Zach? <laughs> I got, <laughs> so like, I we're think when we're, when we're talking about it, it's just like that's going to be one of those areas that drives efficiency. So yeah. we're looking at it in a warehouse perspective. Mm-hmm. We're looking at it in a manufacturing perspective. The internet of things, machines talking to each other. So with that scale-up of technology, it's amazing, but it's going to take some time and it's going to take capital. It's going to take a lot of money. And so that's going to be one of those things that's going to slow it down because we're already in an inflated environment. So oh, yeah. that's going to be one of those areas that's just going to slow it down that much more. You know, I look at our neighbors down south in Mexico and mm-hmm. uh, Canada, both great partners. Mexico, I think, has always been one of those areas that's like kind of primed for growth. Like, yeah, that's going to be, our, you know, yeah. the next because we can cross border, just really help with manufacturing and, and facilitate that growth. But it's just going to take a lot of time and a lot of resources. Yeah, and obviously they don't have the human capital that China has. Yeah. Uh, although China's human capital may be a little bit more demoralized uh, at this point. Uh, so that, that's not a long-term situation regardless of all that. But uh, the point being, 
Sonar Container Atlas, definitely a, a product that I think most people involved in transportation are going to want to take a look at at the very least, even if you don't have any, any kind of visibility or any knowledge of maritime or anything like that. It, it's definitely something you're, you have to be aware of. Right. Warehousing, logistics, it doesn't matter. Even it, it, shippers obviously have a, a huge uh, need for that, but... Transportation, domestic transportation providers, I, I, you have to be aware that a lot of what's happening upstream, it comes down the river. Yeah. And it hits you. So, uh, so I mentioned Billy Bean. So I, we've, into been, this. we've been at this conference and we always have, we do a fantastic job of pulling like, you know, industry leaders, but we also do a fantastic job of pulling people from outside the space. Yeah. You know, we, we ha- we've had, uh, you know, who was it the last time uh, Craig interviewed? I'm going blank right on TV. <laughs> but the uh, Billy Bean was <laughs> and, Craig, and Anthony support. I'm getting canceled. There we go. Cancel Zach. Thanks, everybody. Cancel Zach. <laughs> no, Billy Bean, a uh, huge fan of Moneyball, uh, for those of you that aren't familiar. I, I just wanted to see a little bit of a squirm. Are you talking about Jordan Belfort? No, 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 not. But yes, he was. Okay. He was great too. George Abernathy <laughs> uh, interviewing Jordan Belfort, The Wolf of Wall Street was phenomenal. Uh, but I'm going to remember it here in just a second. Okay, and I'm going to scream it out in the middle of a sentence. Please do. So, <laughs> but Billy Bean definitely got my attention uh, because, again, this guy's data analytics. You know, I don't want to call him a nerd, but I, I, I'm doing it with a term of en- as an in term of endearment yeah. because I, I relate to this guy so much. And he was talking about data's use and roles. And a lot of people's, you know, they, they approach data like it's going to provide them the answer. Yeah. It's like, here it is. You know, we, obviously we're, we're data peddlers <laughs> yeah. ourselves. But you, you can't just look at a number and inherently understand its use, like right away. And, and different people use data different ways. Yeah. As a shipper, you're going to lo- use that container volume uh, as kind of an indication of upward you know, pressure on rates eventually if demand side spikes start to occur. Service, going to get disrupted. As a carrier, I'm going to think about this huge pile of freight that's about to come knocking on my doorstep. And I need to be ready for it. And I need to get around the ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach or New York, New Jersey, because I can see where they're coming into. Yeah. So data itself uh, is a tool. It's a tool to help you make the most relevant and gives you the highest chance for success. Relevant decisions, highest chances for success. And to do that, you need to approach it with a very objective, clear-headed thought, right. thought space. Right. And, and that's the thing that impressed me when you're talking about how he never even watched the games throughout the season. Yeah. Just make the decisions based off of the data. And I think that's going to be one of those things where you're like, all right, you're really practicing what you preach. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's, that's the big thing. But the other part with data, because we all see everyone talking about like trends in the supply chain, mm-hmm. freight tech's booming. It's big. It's amazing. I love it. But when we're talking about data, the thing that I started thinking about is all data, useful data, because you just got into it. Yep. You're going to use data in different ways. Some data, people are going to just be accumulating. They don't know how to use. Is right. it useful? What's it good for? We're talking about technology earlier on, on freight waves now. I was saying, hey, you know, I can have an alarm clock that can flip pancakes. It's cool, but I don't know if it's very useful where there's no utilization there. So is the data useful? What's it going towards? Yeah, and, and identifying that use and making sure that you are using it the appropriate way, obviously a big step. But data, information is power. Yeah. And having more of it and having the option to look at it is always better than not. Yeah. 
Uh, and, but I love how Billy Bean kind of wove this into a story, and I didn't know that he, like, I knew this from the movie, but I'd forgotten, that he doesn't watch the games, so he can't approach it from a uh, very objective standpoint. Yeah. And then he starts watching the playoffs. And then he can get nervous, and he allows himself to kind of get, get involved. But he, wants to know, he knows that his analytics are very sound. Right. And he knows he's measuring what he's measuring. <laughs> and he knows what the outcome is if he follows a pretty prescriptive pattern of that, you know, looking at that data. And I think with supply chain, we're, we're starting to see more people get involved. You know, Craig just talked about how supply chain and all the transportation industry wasn't, uh, you know, on everybody's forefront. They didn't care. And he's right. They didn't care because it just happened. It just worked. Yeah. Everything worked. And what, it, what it's led to is a lot of lazy infrastructure <laughs> and a lot of like, we're, we're very spoiled <laughs> yeah, yeah. in the way that we kind of just expect stuff to show up. Amazon Prime has spoiled us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we now think that we can get anything we want, whenever we want, within a day. <laughs> yeah. And that's not going to change. And only it's going to get worse with that expectation of, hey, I'm going to need that level of service with everything, with everywhere I go, and it's only going to need to be improved. Like, I, I'm going to want that white glove service option, at least, with almost anything and everything I order. Yeah, and, and then look, look what happened. It turned off. Yeah. And everybody started freaking out. And that's why we see inflation right now. Because also they were given a big pile of cash. There was that thing, <laughs> that little money printing machine that was also in full effect as well. Appreciate you, Jerry. Yeah, thanks. Um, shout out to Jerry Powell. <laughs> but when we're, when we're looking at that, the, Zach, the thing that... I'm also interested in because, of course, we have this freight boom. There's just so much activity. The thing that can really happen from, you know, going back in my days of being a consultant, there's a lot of mistakes that can get covered up in these booms. You can be like, oh, right, we're, we're on cloud nine. We're doing yeah. amazing. She's like, no, nah, this is the market that's really doing amazing. You're just here. You're just a participant. And so when we're having these freight booms, when we're having these extreme growth cycles, seeing this expansion of freight tech, ex expansion of yes. new innovations that might stick, might not stick. But at the same time, you can cover up a lot of mistakes. During these down sessions, when you know we're scrambling here, that's really where a lot of what happened throughout that growth cycle really kind of makes its mark there. Is it truly innovative? Is it truly effective? I, I got to ask you something, though, because we're talking about booms uh, right now, and we've had a huge boom. Yeah. What are your thoughts on bubbles? Because mm -hmm. when, do, when does a boom become a bubble? And mm -hmm. are we, what are we seeing within indiv individual sectors? Where's, let me do this. I'm going to play a game with you. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a sector, and I'm going to ask you, did it boom? <laughs> or is it a bubble? Okay. All right. You ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Economic, Chief Economist Anthony Smith on the spot here. All right. Industrial sector. Boom or bubble? Boom. Mm. So that implies it's stable growth, relatively yeah, so, stable. Yeah. So my thing is, it's like, it's a boom if there are enough demand at each level of declining growth. So when you look at those econ one-on-one charts of like, this is supply, this is demand. I think it's a bubble when there's just so many buyers at this high level. And as soon as it drops a little bit, Everyone just falls out and is like, nah, I'm, I'm good, I'm out. But when we're looking at housing, I think there's an argument for it to be a bubble for sure, of course. I get it. Housing. Housing. I say it's a boom, but there is oh. a chance that we are overbuilding. When we look at certain demographics, when we're looking okay. at how much, how this many homes are being purchased by investors, yeah. there's, a, there's an argument for a bubble. But when you look at how many buyers there are at each lower price point, 
there's going to be a lot more demand once if a price goes down. But if there's just a, a diminishing market because, say, job openings completely collapse, the job market is just weak because that's really the last stronghold in the economy, then that really becomes a bubble territory because at that price point that there is no one else. You hear what he's doing, buy. guys. This is, this is standard economist taking the, taking the middle road. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I classified it. I classified it. It's a boom. It's a boom. Go, okay. It's boom. a boom. All it's right. A boom. I wanted you to lean in. <laughs> it's a boom. I got I, it. I was getting a little bit of wishy-washy. Nah, 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 nah. I needed you to commit. Nah, All right. Nah, nah. Retail. Boom. Uh, no, bubble. Bubble right now. <laughs> bubble. I was going to say whoa, whoa, bubble. Whoa, whoa. Bubble. <laughs> bubble. I was like, we're about to have a discussion. <laughs> yeah. Bubble. Yeah, I think we're I think we're already seeing the front edge of that uh, that bubble there uh, mm-hmm. pop. So um, specifically, I'm glad uh, you didn't ask me about NFTs. NFTs. I don't know. Okay, I'm gonna. So I'm I, just, I, are they I'm still just, around? I'm just gonna go with bubble they were, though. They were, they were here for like five seconds. <laughs> I'm just going with bubble though, just because. Yeah, I, food and beverage. Food beverages, I think it's a constant. Is that booming? We, we always need food and beverage. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was booming or bubbling. Yeah, that's a constant right there. <laughs> but Zach, this has been awesome. I, I know we're winding down here. This has been for the novice. We're in Arkansas. What's been one of the biggest trends that you've loved over the last couple of days here? The biggest trend uh, that I've seen, just everybody's excitement around supply chain. Gotcha. Like even as the market looks like it's turning, it's still there. The energy's yeah. there. Yeah. Yourself? Um, Everyone's talking about transparency. I think that's kind of like yesterday's news. Yeah, mm-hmm. transparency. I, I'm loving the conversation about collaboration. That's been really dope to hear that in there, there's a lot more collaboration kind of coming into effect. All right. Well, that'll do it for us. Thanks for watching and see you from Northwest Arkansas. See you from Northwest Arkansas. <laughs> shout out to everyone here. We appreciate y'all. Sorry we couldn't get Zach canceled, but, you know, shout Next out to time. the Freightways fam. Ree Clements, Mario O'Connell over here. <laughs> Leander, Harvey over there. Brittany, what's up? We appreciate you. They cut my mic? Yo, bring it back. <laughs> <laughs>